0: Ago or so, yeah. uh, Labor Day, so
1: just about two weeks ago.
0: Two weeks ago, another female. What was her name?
1: Name is Charlotte Winkler. Charlotte Winkler set
0: an FKT on the Devil's Path of five thirty, right? Five three fifty-eight. What's that? Five
1: thirty-three
0: fifty-eight. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. (laughs) (laughs) It does. That makes a huge difference, yeah. I was like, oh, 5.30, but yeah, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, so leading into this, I mean, you were just, you really thought your whole goal time was sub-seven hours?
1: Yeah, I think I was thinking 6.15 to 6.45, depending on the day. Um, So, yeah, I was terrified when I found out that she ran 45 minutes faster than what I thought I could run as my fastest uh yeah that was scary
0: <laughs> so going into it so we went back and forth we were like oh should you do it should you go for it anyway for a minute Michelle was like ah maybe I'll just do something else because you thought that was just like so that wasn't going to happen but and then you're like oh well I'm just going to see how I can do what can I put out there regardless it'll be my best time on on the course I thought that was awesome too Uh, so how how long have you been wanting to do this
1: um well that's a good question I don't know at what point this year I decided that I was going to target the devil's path but um pretty much since the middle of May, I've focused a lot of my time and energy going down to the Catskills. So I started with uh, a hard effort up Wyndham, just seeing how fast I could do that ascent. And then I did the escarpment, the full path. Um, and then I did a couple of other routes down in the and Catskills the too. That
0: was the FKT too, the full. Yeah. The full uh, it, which is how,
1: what's the length of that? Uh, I think it's around 23 miles as well. Um, yeah, it's a lot harder when you have to keep running past the escarpment finish line. So <laughs> five more miles after that, that was hard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I made mean, run the devil's path twice before. And the last time I did it was two years ago and I had, it was a hot wet summer day and I just kind of had a really rough day out there. Um, and that trail is just so hard. And so I don't know, at some point in the past couple of months, I was just like, this is, this is what I'm going to do instead of doing superior 50. Um, since that race ended up being canceled and that was the only race I was planning to run this year. So, um, so yeah, I started scouting it out, um, kind of running. I did three training runs down there to see the sections, um, you know, kind of refresh myself. The first one was a shock. So (laughs) better by the last
0: one, <laughs> yeah. And waiting for the cooler weather too. Yes, uh, and
1: waiting for the cooler
0: weather. Path without, just as a training run and fun recreational um, time, like how many times have you done it before? I've done the
1: full path 20, 20 I wish, uh, two times before. <laughs> uh, so I did it once, um, I don't remember if it was 2016 or 2017, but that was the first time I met you. Ever. Do you remember that? Going up West Hill?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, was, I think I was sitting down on a rock. Reflecting. I think you were
1: down on a rock. Yep. And I came up on you and you were like, bears or something. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, oh, I'm so glad to see a human. I always see bears here. <laughs> that was the first time we ever met. <laughs> so, um, so that was the first time.
0: I think that was, yeah, that might have been 16 or 17.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it might have been 2016 um, in May. Sure. And... And yeah, that was like pre me having a GPS watch. I don't even think I wore like a stopwatch that day. I don't even know what I ran. I have no idea, but I had fun. You're,
0: moving You're still moving up that climb. You definitely, you were hiking with a purpose. And I remember that day. Cause I think Dick was like, oh, I think Michelle's coming. She's just going to catch up, you know, to the group or whatever. Cause we had a, we had a group out that day. On the path. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you were still moving. Um, yeah. So All your whole trail running thing is pretty cool. Michelle goes out solo. You know, I find that kind of inspiring. She does it smartly, of course. She tells Josh or somebody where she's going, when she's going to be back, where her route's going to be. But she goes out there. You know, she goes out to the Catskills, and she she challenges herself. Most of the summer, I think most runs you've been on this summer have been by
1: yourself. Yeah, I think I calculated it, and including now this weekend – um I think like 16 out of 20 runs I long runs um that doesn't include you know all the other runs that I do by myself but these bigger runs down on the Catskills or you know up in the Adirondacks or um, even in New Hampshire almost all of them I've done by myself
0: you did the Traverse by yourself
1: yeah I did the Presley Traverse <laughs> by myself <laughs> yeah that was fun
0: know <laughs> oh, a lot of it's because of COVID you know, like in the beginning, like, you know, we weren't seeing anybody and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, yeah, just social distancing and so forth. But um, yeah, what is your main enjoyment? Like, what, how do you, what do you feel and why do you like to go by yourself?
1: Um. So actually, I think that going by myself has actually been a huge transition for me this year. I definitely like running by myself, um, but kind of what you talked about, like the safety factor. I've never... Done so much trail running or technical trail running by myself before. Um, I usually would go with other people, but because of COVID, I just stopped running with other people entirely. I didn't run with another person for months, um, and so I—it was a little bit of like fighting my own fears, <laughs> um, and you know, I'm most terrified of other people and bears. <laughs> so, um I finally saw my first trail bear and I got that experience out of the way. So now I'm not as afraid of running into bears. <laughs> um but yeah, I think that I don't I don't know there's just something about being out there and every run is a little bit different, but I like the mental space to like either get lost in my head or to really not think about anything and um, there's something I really enjoy about solitude and just not hearing sound <laughs> other than nature for a long period of time. I find it very opposite of the rest of my life, <laughs> which is very noisy and um uh very active so it's it's peaceful. I think maybe that's why I like it alone. <laughs> I don't know so yeah. you don't
0: have any anxiety or fears going into it um what How would you, what would you say to another female athlete, like looking to go, you know, trail running by herself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, the first thing is just making sure that someone knows where you are. Um, you know, I have, I have Josh who I can tell where I'm going. You also pretty much always know where I'm going on the weekends. Um, but for someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have a significant other um, or doesn't have any family that lives close by just telling a friend or, a, you know, telling your coach, Hey, this is the run I'm planning to do. Um, you know, some of my athletes, they go out and if I don't hear from them, I'm like, Hey, did you make it off of the trail? Okay. <laughs> like You know, just checking in. So I think that's probably the most important thing. And, um, and then besides that, you know, for another female, I would say go, If you're newer to trail running or you know really technical trail running um, and you want to do something that scares you a little bit I always suggest going someplace you're a little bit more familiar with first or doing a route that's a little bit shorter so you just get to experience it in a smaller dose before you're you know, 16 miles away from your car and you're out of food and you're out of water and you have no cell, cell phone service, um, that's a very different situation than being three miles from your car. Um, so, so yeah, small doses and tell someone where you are.
0: That's yeah. You just map out your route. Of course, yeah. you're carrying a map. Yeah. All those other important things. I think my phone's still not working. How to read a map all of that stuff, but I think it's super cool that you do these solo adventures. Um, So this year leading up to Devil's Path, you did the Great Range Traverse. Yes. You've done the Prezi Traverse. (laughs) Yeah. And what else did you do? As kind Uh, of like a build up working on technical skill too.
1: Yeah, those were pretty much the- two Escarpment. Escarpment, yeah. I also went up to the Adirondacks and I did dial and nickel top um, as as a run. I got a little like tisk tisk though from a park ranger because I didn't have a physical map on me. I, I had to promise I knew where I was going. But she was like, next time you should really have a map. And I was like, I know I have one. I forgot it, but I promise I know where I am and I'm not lost and I'm not hurt and I'm okay.
0: <laughs> pretty cool though, someone out there actually caring. That was nice. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and some of the other routes, uh, let's see. Oh, I did Peak Moose and Table down on the Catskills. I've also done a couple of like link up loops that go over Black Dome and Blackhead and Thomas Cole. Um, oh, I also I did another run down on the cat skills that was new to me this year, which was I started um in Palinville and I ran up to Catterskill High Peak and then over to another lookout, um, kind of on the other side, This was like 20 mile training run. Um, that's the one where I fell and smashed my hand. <laughs> so, um, my, my scary moment for the summer, but yeah, just trying to see new places really in the Catskills too. Cause I go there all the time, but I feel like I usually end up on the same route. So I did some more exploring. It's great.
0: Awesome. But so you've had a love for the escarpment trail race and just being in the Catskills for a long time, right? I mean, so how many times have you done, have you completed the escarpment? And this is just a background to your love, kind of like the technicality of it and jumping into something like pushing yourself so vigorously as you did this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's, it's people need to know that you have been kind of practicing running technical, running fast, you know, for a long time. So yeah, the culmination of like that, you know, like, so all of those years kind of coming together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For anyone who thinks that I did this without a lot of training, (laughs) that is not true. (laughs) Um, It's been a lot of, a lot of training. Um, When I first moved to Albany in 2013, the end of 2013, um, at the following spring, I did what I consider to be my first real trail race, which was Seven Sisters. Um, Yeah, I had done a few other trail races before, but they were um, glorified dirt paths (laughs) um, and flats. And I showed up at Seven Sisters and the person behind me on the start line asked if I'd ever done it before and I said, no. And they said, well, we think it's harder than a marathon. And I was like, no way, it's 12 miles. And it literally took me like 30 minutes longer than my marathon PR to run that race. (laughs) Um, So I think that I kind of got really, you know, that was 2014 and it it was either 2014 or 2015. um, And I was like determined to not suck at technical trail running. (laughs) So that's when I really started um, learning more about technical trail running. And then of course I met Josh and I met Dick And anyone who meets Dick, some, at some point learns that he's the race director of the Escarpment Trail Run. And up here in Albany, uh, we like to refer to the Escarpment Trail Run as the most competitive race that no one's ever heard of, (laughs) which isn't totally true because a lot of people have heard of it, but.
0: But it's it's, pretty, yeah. I mean, you have like all of the best trail runners that
1: usually come to that race regionally it is definitely very competitive right um and there are some very fast times on that course so um yeah i think twenty twenty fifteen 2015 must have been my first year running escarpment and i'd never been on the trail before and alana who i've done so many trails around with now at this point she was the first one to take me out on the trail right we ran from uh it was my only training run before the race when we ran from elm ridge to the top of Blackhead and then down to um, Big Hollow. And yeah, I was like, holy crap, (laughs) this is hard. Um, But I, but I loved it. And so I saw those like nine miles before the race, but I'd never seen the other nine. And the first time I saw them was in the race the first year.
0: Um, That's clicking back to 2015.
1: Yeah. So I've, I've run an escarpment every year since 2015, except for, of course, this year, um, because it was canceled. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and then outside of that, my, my phrase is that the best way to train for escarpment is to run escarpment. So pretty much every year I do one training run where I run the full course, just not at race ever. Right. Yeah. I'll hike the climbs and stuff like that. But I I always want to get out there and see it. And I've done it several other times um, just for fun. Tried to do it in the winter once. Uh, Got just, it was, got hammered by snow, like two feet of snow the day before we went down. And Josh and I were breaking trail in our snowshoes when we broke trail, I think to the base of Blackhead. And then we had to bail out and Dick came and picked us up. And, um, and then the next day we saw a nice video of Ben-Nephew flying through our newly made tracks. <laughs> he made it look so easy. That was probably the video we put together. <laughs> <you>
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we we're, were like, yeah, yeah. Was like, this is so easy with snow on it. This is crazy. <laughs> Diving into the Devil's Path. I mean,
1: let's go. Take us from the start. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess the I feel like the start of Devil's Path for me this year was really when I did the first training run, right? So I did these three runs. The first run, I ran. Um, I parked at Predator Road, and ran the first like eight and a half nine miles out and back. So I ran to where you get to the top of the plateau, and then I turned around and I came back, <laughs> and that was my longest training run aside from the Great Range. Um, I think, this entire year. And a ton of climbing on that. Yeah, and a ton of climbing. And by longest, I mean in terms of times. It was over 7,000 feet of climbing because those first couple of peaks are just brutal. Um, and There's, then... You don't know the Devil's Path, it is billed
0: as one of the hardest trails on the East Coast, um, mile-for-mile, technicality-wise. A lot of it's kind of scrambling, using your hands and feet. <laughs> the descents are often slower than the uphills just because they're just so technical. Um, Yeah, I mean, just take us through kind of the
1: day you you started, you started your watch, how you were feeling. Sounds good, yeah. Um, So let's see, got got down there a little early, it was still dark, but I wanted to do my movement prep. (laughs) because I, I'm a dedicated athlete of strength training. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, getting, getting warmed up, I think was a really key component of the day. It's, uh, it's 6.22 in the morning. People are sleeping in their cars, but Michelle's not. She's not sleeping. She's had a focus, but she's focused on what's about to happen. She's going to run the devil's path. Cold. Good morning, Michelle. How you feeling? It's cold. It is cold. It's like 33 degrees right now. Okay, it's 6.23 in the morning on September 20th. And she's going to go do a warm-up. Uh, we're here at the devil's path, which is a great name. Come on, not? Uh, a kettlebell with one leg. She's touching her shoulders. Does she have an itch while she's doing a plank? Um, It was cool. It was 32 degrees. So I was bundled up trying to get warmed up, waited for the the sun to kind of peek through the trees a little bit so that the trail wasn't so dark. And as soon as that happened, um, I was off just before seven. Um, I felt you know pretty good at the start no i made it there no aches no pains (laughs) um everything felt felt good i felt fresh um and having the cool weather is just such a relief for me um i also wanted to to go pretty lightly on the trail so i just took two 16 ounce uh filter flasks which have been kind of game-changing for doing these longer runs um, where you know you have a reliable water source because um, you just which ones are you using the Katahdin or uh, the Solomon ones there's the cap is a filter so you just pop the cap off stick it in the water and right back on and it's it's really fast I mean I I don't think I spent more than a minute filling up water the whole time during a run um, which was way better than carrying three liters on my back <laughs> so, um,
0: so yeah. she you went unsupported there were no um water stops that you you planned beforehand there's no jugs of water at 214 this was all just in your bottles and your water and
1: yep so carried carried all my own stuff um i got water there's a spring going up plateau so i filled one bottle there um there is a spigot when you cross 214 i did not fill a bottle there which i regretted (laughs) um because i then Promptly drank the remaining bottle I had going up that climb to the back of Hunter, and I spent about three miles without water, um, and I was definitely thirsty. But thankfully, it was cool. And then at the base of Westkill there's a um, Diamond Notch Falls, so a really big creek, and I filled up both bottles there. Um, so then I was good to the finish. Yeah. So for breakfast, I had some toast with peanut butter, um, bananas, and hemp seeds. Uh, <laughs> like two hours.
0: Before, when you're at home or right there at the trail, I had it
1: at home um, before I left. So I woke up around four and ate breakfast probably by like four fifteen, four twenty. had the, Had the toast with with that and coffee, um, and then drank some water, and then that was all I ate before we got down to the trailhead. And then at the trailhead, I had I have like these baby food packets because I don't really like gels. So um, I had one of those uh, a little while before I s- actually started. What um, did for dinner the night before? Uh, what did I do for dinner the night before? I had pasta with chicken. Yeah, pasta and chicken. Gluten-free pasta. Yeah, everything's gluten-free. New, another new change to my year was finding out that I can't have gluten. So um I, I worked pretty hard over the summer too to readjust my fueling options because I pretty much never do gels, so I'm pretty much always doing real food. So it was just all of my training runs were also really focused on training my gut and trying new things. Um, so so yeah, I I also started eating pretty early in my run. I was eating um, 30 minutes in, which I know some people wait a little bit longer, but I'm more of a eat early and eat often kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody was,
0: knows who's done Devil's Path knows that rocky section leading into where you get to the trail head, the kind of the, the branch off to Indian head. Like, so how did, how did you just like, what did you, in your mindset, when you're going, you're like, I'm going to push myself. <laughs> how do you go through that? Like, are you looking at your watch and going, okay, start? And did you research splits of the former females times to kind of see where
1: you should be along the route was that in your mind at all yeah for sure so um the first thing i did when i found out that charlotte set the fkt was stalked her Strava <laughs> like you would not believe um, i mean i didn't know who she was so it was also like a oh my goodness who is this woman um but i I, re- I really looked at what she did on the route. She stole a bunch of segments from me. So I got to see how much faster she had run them than I had. Um, and and then kind of at home, you know, I, I took down, I put her route up and I put what I had done on all of my training runs, which is one of the really great things about having done those training runs is I knew what I ran in training. And so I knew the effort I had put forth in those training runs and I knew if I had worked, you know, did I push this section or was I really taking it easy kind of a comparison between the two. And so I was able to see, and I wrote down, I have an email that I sent to Dick and Josh that outlined, here are the times where, you know, this is the record pace and this is what she hit at all these different markers. Um, and being familiar with the trail, was a huge advantage because I knew when I got to all those spots, um, but I really wasn't focused on what she had run because there was part of me that was like, this time is so fast. I'm I'm going to go for it in the sense of I'm going to run as hard as I can, but it doesn't matter if I break her time or not. This is for me. And kind of my mantra for the day was me versus me. And I just kept repeating that to myself. Like, it doesn't matter what she did. You just have to you have to do your own thing. That
0: was a good, that's a mental, that was good. Yeah, mentally that got you focused, just kind of being present. Yeah. yeah, being really present. Yeah, versus like trying so hard. And sometimes when you are trying so hard, then, you know, then bad things can happen too. The slipping, falling, being down, all yeah. kind of. Yeah, so that mental aspect is pretty huge.
1: Yeah, and I really think it helped me stay relaxed and just probably the first like, 18 miles, I would say it didn't feel like a race, right? Because I, there was no one else out there, but I also just felt like I was out for a long run, but like a hard long run. <laughs> um, so I, I felt no pressure. And I, I really feel like that allowed me to be um, more focused and also more relaxed, which really helped on the downhills because those, like you said, those downhills are so, especially in the beginning, they're so technical and so rocky. They're slower than the uphills and it's really easy to lose a lot of time on the downhill, and I knew that I was going to have to have a really good downhill day because that's what i I noticed from Charlotte's route was that she's really strong on the downhills I mean she's really strong on the uphills too, but um i I really pride myself in my downhill running, and that's um I feel like that's been a huge advantage for me, like especially in escarpment because it's more downhill than it is up um and to find someone else who I felt like could destroy me on the downhills <laughs> that, you know, wasn't Ben nephew or something <laughs> um, was kind of intimidating. Um, so yeah, I really like, like the mental image that I had going through my head on the downhills was, you know, the, the image of water kind of flowing over the rocks and the, just staying relaxed and not getting tense and not, not fighting it. Just going with the flow was really, really helpful. Um, and my downhill and my, flat, if you can consider any of this flat um running felt really good all day. Um, I never, I never felt like I was working too hard on the downs or the flats. Um, I sort of died on the uphills towards the end, <laughs> but I kept moving. So it's all that matters. <laughs> um, now,
0: when you're coming down either the back of twin or you know sugarloaf um now these are so like how, how are you moving? You have to take calculated risks in yeah. these areas. Um, was there, were there a lot of people on the trail? Did you, did you have that? Had, was the trail moving? Like, were there a lot of folks?
1: No, and that was part of my intent for starting so early was that I knew if I started, basically as soon as the sun came up, I would limit the number of people I saw because it has been really busy down there this year. Um, so between the start and uh plateau well there were a couple people at the lookout at plateau um but for the first nine miles basically i saw two people um on the trail yeah two hikers out um and i scared one of them (laughs) like you wouldn't believe Um, but i also didn't see him until because he was coming up and it was just a weird angle but um yeah so not having the people obstacle was huge i definitely saw more people towards the end um, but it, it was not anything like last weekend when I did Westkill, I passed like 20 people going up Westkill and maybe I passed like five or six this time around. So it was a pretty quiet day. How did
0: you pace yourself through the whole thing? And when did you know, like, holy shit, I might be fools?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I did even though I was really focused on like how I was running, I did know what Charlotte had hit at a few spots. So um, one of my first markers was uh, where the Mink Hollow trail comes through and I knew she had been there. Um, I think she hit that spot in like 153. And I think I was like a minute behind that there. Um, And uh, then at 214, I think she was like 2.54, 2.53 there. And I was like a minute ahead. So I, even though I wasn't focused on her time at all, I just was so like, it was neck and neck, you know, if we were out there running at together,
0: point you had to know that you were moving super well, like, Oh, yeah. this is the day, like I'm moving like this. is, Yeah. It, it felt good you, to know. You knew that you were probably like sub six hours.
1: Yeah, I definitely knew that. Um, kind of the biggest marker for me was when I did my training run, it took me three hours to get to plateau. And I think I got to plateau in like two, I don't know, like two twenty. So I was like way ahead, you know, from where, and part of me was like,
0: so and I'm like, you oh, got to the plateau, like kind of on where you're plateaued or when you're almost going to the descent, like, so how? No, when, when you're plateaued.
1: Okay. Yeah. So right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And you then run across. Um, what mile is that? That's about mile nine. Right, okay. So nine. Yeah. So it's still pretty early and there's still a lot left, but I but I know that the second half of the course is more it's more runnable overall. Um, right. it's a lot less technical. But yeah, my strategy really was to run faster on the sections that I could run fast, which meant kind of starting fast because that those two miles are pretty runnable. Um they're not super, super uphill. So yeah, my first two miles were kind of fast. (laughs) Um, but I needed it. I felt like I needed all of those minutes. (laughs) Um and I don't regret doing that at all. Um and then kind of between twin and plateau, there's a few runnable sections up at top up at the tops of the peaks. And I really just tried to hit those as I wouldn't say as hard as I could, but as comfortably as I could, like whenever it flattened out enough to run, I was running. Um, and then on the downhills, yeah, like you said, there are some calculated risks of moving quickly, but I I really tried to get my whole body engaged. And I think that helped a lot too, like knowing, and this is just part of doing this for so many years is knowing which rocks you need to jump over and which rocks you can land on. Um, and I, I feel like I was able to, to do that well. Um,
0: but yeah, I think that's that huge her props too, because she, that for that was her first time on the trail, right? Yeah. Which is amazing.
1: <laughs> it's like, so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not knowing what you're getting into, um, is that's intense. So yeah, no huge props to her for that. Yeah, when I got to the base of Westkill, so at Diamond Notch Falls. So I was three minutes ahead. I filled up my water bottles, and then I began my ascent of Westkill. And about, like, 20 steps into going up Westkill, I couldn't remember if I was three minutes ahead or three minutes behind. All I could remember was the number three. <laughs> and I was like, three? Three? I don't know, like in my head, am I behind? I have no idea, um, but I knew it was close. I mean, but I knew, also knew that I had put a little bit of time because I had been like within one minute um, at the last time, right, at 2.14. So like my last kind of uh, marker for myself. And um, so that made me think like, okay, she must have slowed down a little bit on that section. And um, when I did my last training run, I ran that last section of the the path, which basically is the top of Westkill to the end. Um, It's a little over four miles. And my time was like 30 seconds faster than Charlotte's time when she did the FKT. So I knew my training run time was good compared to hers. and I just had to know whether I was going to be able to run that fast after having done the whole trail and not just a training run. Um, but yeah, I got to the top of Westkill and I think that's when I first started to realize like, okay, if I don't fall and I can keep moving like the way I've been moving, I'm going to get it. It's going to be close, but I'm going to get it. And then it was really with like two and a half miles to go, which is always my, my mark for some reason, two and a half, like
0: it's nothing. It's a fun downhill. It's a fun downhill. Legs. You can really pick it up and open it up.
1: Yeah. So, and I felt like I worked really hard. Well, I shouldn't say really hard, but during my training run, I pushed the last two miles. Like that was one of my goals for that training run was to push the final segment and, you know feel what it felt like to move fast on that section. Um, so I, again, like just kind of internalized that feeling and was, I, I just flowed for like the last two and a half, three miles. It, it just felt like every step felt good. You know, Like, you know that feeling, right? You,
0: yeah. So during all this time, you're just focused though. You're not like, you're not, you're not pushing your effort is, what would you say your effort was? It was an all out effort.
1: It was an all out effort. I mean, I finished that run and I probably could have run more if I had to, but I was like very ready to be done and my legs ached and my body hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was a lot of focus. And I would say, I didn't feel as physically tired afterwards as I thought I would, but I was like mentally just shot. Like my brain was not working. And I just had such a hard time. Like I had a hard time thinking and like focusing on conversation. And, um, but it was like this really intense. And at one point my eyeballs kind of hurt (laughs) because it was cold out and they were just like open without blinking for so long because you can't miss a single second.
0: (laughs) So crazy.
1: Yeah. So that was, that I feel like was the most exhausting part. Um, and even yesterday, like I still felt pretty like mentally foggy about the whole thing. I mean, super excited, but foggy. <laughs> um, yeah, body kind of hurts too, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a really intense focus. More to racing someone,
0: like it being in a race. Like, how how would you describe like a solo FKT against time? You know, in a race. Like, so if you had her beside you and you guys were going, you know, what would that be like? Right.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the thing with solo FKTing and like chasing down this time is there is a lot less room for that in the moment strategy, right? If you're racing with someone and you can see them or you know where they are behind you, you might like intentionally slow down on a section, catch your breath, relax a little. If you know that, they're not going to, you know, go, go faster. And you think, okay, well, my strategy is lose a little time here, but gain it later. Whereas with an FKT, like you're just pushing to run the fastest time possible. So there's none of that like actual race strategy. If you know what I mean, that like person to person strategy, but at the same time, it totally felt like being in second place and chasing down first place. Yeah. Um yeah, like, I've been in that situation before, (laughs) and, um, I think that there's, there's an advantage to being the first place person, because you run with the fear that someone's going to catch you, but, yeah, also being in second place, for me, anyways, it's this, like, it's the hunt, it's like, can I do it, gotta just push here, but I, I think it's a little bit more mentally exhausting, because you, you have to keep pushing so hard because you know, if you give up, you may have given up too soon, but if you, if you don't give up, you might catch the person. And that's kind of what it felt like coming down to the end was like, I could have curled up in a ball and slept on Westgill and been <laughs> very happy, <laughs> uh, but, it, but I didn't want to do that. Obviously.
0: Well, congratulations, so awesome. Thanks for sharing your experience yeah like, when you texted me I literally was in I was like a tear because I
1: knew I was like oh my god thanks. <laughs> well thanks for believing that's, me <laughs> telling me before it
0: yeah I mean that's incredible just, yeah. just I hope everybody draws some inspiration from listening to you and we have other ladies go out there and, and try and tackle it for yes. sure
1: And I think that's, you know, when Charlotte finished, um, her kind of report afterwards, she said that this route can be done faster. And my first reaction was, no, it can't, (laughs) like you're so fast, (laughs) but then, you know, doing it myself and obviously, you know, getting her record by a couple of minutes, I, I feel the same
0: way. It can be done. You would do it again. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think I would. And I think it's one of those trails. Like I just love going back and running the escarpment trail. And I think that the same can be said about the devil's path. Like every experience I've had on it has just been so different. And I would totally go back and do it again. Um, not anytime soon.
0: <laughs> so what do you, what are, what are your next plans? Like, so what do you have on the uh, agenda?
1: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know at this point. I had a few ideas, but I think honestly, um, I'm just going to kind of give my body a few days to rest, take it easy for a little while, and then, um, keep focusing on building strength and speed. Um, I mean, the pandemic sucks. It blows for a lot of different reasons, but, um, if nothing else, like not racing, not having this calendar imposed has been really good. I think for myself and a lot of other athletes too focus on other things like getting stronger or working on short end speed, um, as opposed to going out on these massive long runs and, you know, just plodding along. So yeah, train. That's what I want to do. Just wanna train.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So one thing about Michelle, um we've been working together in the strength and conditioning world for about two and a half, two years. A little over two years. It's like
1: Two and a half now, for sure, yeah. She
0: maintains like a two to three day a week vigorous kind of strength training, real strength training uh, program, you know, based on her weaknesses and her strengths as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's come a long way. I, I don't know. When we were starting, when we started, I think she was, I don't know, barely could do a push up if she could do a <laughs> <laughs> You know, 10 pounds is, you know, a lot. You know, and now she's, you know, dead lifting like, close to her body weight and uh, getting there, <laughs> swinging, learning a lot of Olympic lifting, power moves, using the kettlebell and the barbells that you guys see in the back there. <laughs> but it takes a lot of work. And I think having the, the strength training, you know, that it's definitely a big injury prevention um, mode, but she moves well, too. Um, so her movement patterns have been clean since day one. So we're not dealing with any kind of asymmetries. Um, she doesn't really show any imbalances. So it's easier to, for her to get strong and move well because she doesn't have these things. Um, whether that's like foot pronation, knee valgus, single leg instability, core instability. Michelle has really good moving patterns. You know, she can squat well. She can move her body, you know, athletically. Yeah. And so I think that does go kind of hand in hand with, you know, being able to push yourself as hard as you do.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I think in some ways, it feels like a blessing that I'm not broken. But I also work really hard to not be broken. So and I think that the strength training is a really, it's a really big part of it that people um, tend to overlook or can overlook. (laughs) So
0: right past it. But, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that we can go into with movement prep and everything that she did mm-hmm. prior to working out, getting her heart. We connected everything, um, you know, from her shoulders to her core, to her hips, to her feet during her movement prep before devil's path. So she, when she did start running, everything was just connected, neuromuscularly connected, woken up and activated. So there was no lag, uh, yeah. she ended with kettlebell swings probably. I think 30, 30 or 40
1: swings, 40, 40 swings. And,
0: yep. And, um, you know, so that right there, her hurry was probably already in the one forties. <laughs> <laughs> it stayed there
1: or higher all day.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, awesome. Thanks for sharing your time with mm-hmm. us. And uh, yeah, maybe we can create something. We have a lot of footage of, um, you know, Double's path we can probably some- <laughs> here. No, it's yeah. it's uh, coaching here um just light foam rolling and stretching don't even get on that orange one if you have the white softer one you have a softer one
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. although so my legs aren't terribly sore they're the least sore thing about me um, which is kind of crazy, but like my arms and my back and my core are super sore.
0: Yeah. So probably do some T-spine openers and uh foam roll your lats a little bit. And just get into your shoulders. It'll be a little bit painful. Uh And just, just light stretching. Then we'll get into more mobility okay. later. Sounds good. Okay. I'll let you know how this goes. Sounds good. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm so proud of
1: you. Thanks. Thanks for everything. It was amazing. is a so nice amazing. up on the the hard work. So yeah, yeah.
0: Celebrate. You're not over. Don't don't. You're not done celebrating. No, not yet. There. <laughs> You're still high. Yeah. Enjoy. So, I'll see you on Thursday. Okay. Sounds good.
1: Yeah.